Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Simone Rizcala. She is the Director of Program Growth for Endow. Simone, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here with you today, Deacon. Thank you. Well, you know, I guess before we get started, I, I, I'm sure most people know you know, what Endow is and what you guys do, but maybe you can give a, maybe the Cliff Notes version for those who don't, and then also let them know where they can go to find out more. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you, Deacon. Yes. So Endow is a Catholic women's apostolate, and we call women together to study important documents of the Catholic Church. So it's pretty great. Um, and we help women organize themselves into small group communities, whether that's in their homes or in their parishes. And we create study guides to help them study these rich and important documents of the church, papal encyclicals, magisterial documents, the, la- the writings of the saints and female doctors of the church, and our touchstone patron, of course, John Paul II, who was a huge advocate and fan of women cultivating their unique feminine genius for the renewal of the church in the world, which he said was vital and essential. So that's what Endow is all about, Deacon. And I, I hope anyone listening uh, will check us out. And how can they find you on the web? Yeah, so um, Endow, E-N-D-O-W, Endow stands for Educating on the Nature and Dignity of Women, um, which is something John Paul II was very dedicated to. So endowgroups.org. And you can also find us on social media as well, at Endow Groups. Okay, great. So I would do encourage people to go check them out. There's a lot of great information, a lot of great studies. And, you know, you were talking about women and moms and things, but you also have study guides. And I think we're going to kind of focus on that today for more of the youth, right? High school, I saw there's stuff for middle school students. So you, re- you really are trying to get them younger and younger, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in this kind of uh, cultural and moral climate, Uh, Middle school is not too young and high school is not too young to start uh, forming young girls and young women uh, in being rooted in their deep identity and their value and their dignity, because everything in this culture is communicating quite the opposite. Talking about the culture, right? I mean, what we're seeing is indoctrination of kids starting at preschool level, right? If you're if you look on social media, there's preschool teachers teaching kids that they can use whatever pronouns they want. I mean, they can be whatever they want. Uh, You have, uh, you know, a new Supreme Court justice who hasn't taken their seat yet, but, you know, couldn't even define what a woman is. We've just, (laughs) we've endured a month of Pride Month, which is nothing but debauchery, uh, you know, story, drag queen story times. I mean, just crazy stuff, transgender ideology. I mean, to be honest, I could go on for the whole show and talk about all the garbage that's going on, but really there has to be something that counteracts all this, uh, all this garbage has been pumped into our kids, doesn't there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, we have to go into planting those, to, to have those deep roots, right? Because you can look at the madness and if you aren't deeply rooted in your identity as a, as a daughter of God or as a son of God, right, then you're going to get swept away with this culture. And I've seen many friends, and I'm sure you have too, Deacon, where, you know, these were good practicing Christians and Catholics, and the culture was just too strong. The tidal wave of the culture was just too strong, and they get taken up in Pride Month, and they get taken up with all of these 
um, you know, all the garbage, as you mentioned. And so we really need uh, to create saints, those who are know um, that their true belonging and their identity come from God and God alone. And that's where true freedom is. And so they can not only withstand the power of this culture, um, but they can also then keep other of their friends with them and be a true safe space where you are not defined by any labels or pronouns or any of this stuff, but you know that you belong to Jesus and that is where your happiness and your joy is and where your true freedom lies. So it's just, it, it's, this is, this is the, this is the solution. This, this kind of education is the solution. Well, and I, I, you know, I can't agree with you more. And, and you, can, you can't start too early because if kids no. don't understand, mm-hmm. and here's the deal, it's parents, right? Kids don't go to drag queen story times at three to six years old on their own, right? You got knucklehead parents who, who are doing these things. And I think a reminder to everyone listening, parent, grandparent, is that you are supposed to provide you know, the example of living a life of faith. And oh, by the way, you guys are the primary teachers. You know, what endows yeah. do, what schools do, what the parishes do, should be supplementing what you're doing at home. It's not something to be exempt you from your responsibility, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the ideal, right? Like the ideal that you described that parents are the pr- protectors and the guardians of their children, um, that they understand that education is an education, all education is ordered toward reality, meaning the ultimate reality and recognizing God and entering into his family into moral formation. But that's certainly not the case. Parents don't see themselves as primary educators. And it is broken parents themselves. And everybody's broken because everybody's a sinner or raised by sinners, right? So who maybe they don't buy into the culture's narrative, but they are not strong enough. Uh, to create in their home and in the culture of their home and in their churches a strong enough place to not have their children slip away. And so this is why In Doubt not just has the adult study guides for women um, to really strengthen them in their feminine genius, to say, hey, don't give up the steering wheel that you have in your family. Like as a mother, as a woman, there's a lot of power there. And that is something that the popes keep saying, and the saints, like Fulton Sheen, you want to look at a level of a civilization, look at the level of its femininity, of its womanhood, right? So women and mothers relinquish so much, and parents relinquish so much of their power um, by not stepping into that role. So that's why Endow and our small group are so important, because it really, again, you might agree with the church on all the things. But if you don't have that kind of confidence and certainty to say, no, there's something more powerful here. There's a love from God more powerful here that's more interesting, more fascinating, and more liberating than what the culture is saying, right? Then it's not surprising that the children, what happens to the children. So if only, I wish Endow was just, hey, we're just maintaining what's happening in the home. But Endow has largely been damage control in a lot of people's families, right? It's women who, and and we know this because we know we're in the midst of a new evangelization, right? The new evangelization is not, hey, let's go to the ends of the earth. Let's go to those drag queen story times and say, let's, I want to introduce you to this man named Jesus. No, now we're, we ourselves in the church need to meet Christ and encounter him again. That's the new evangelization. So we need to remember who we are first. Then we're going to have more powerful 
spiritual tools to go out into the culture. So when, when you know, and our high school studies came, were released providentially around the time that The Atlantic came out with a study saying that teenagers are the saddest that they've ever been, and teenage girls in particular. Um, and the reason is social media. And this is where so much of the culture's proposals, right, all of the woke cultural proposals, this is how it gets uh, transmitted super quickly in a culture through social media. So we don't have parents that are saying, no, you can't have a phone. No, you can't go on TikTok. No, you you don't get an Instagram. No, you don't get Snapchat, right? We have, we have parents who are like, yeah, go ahead, carte blanche, you know, and then they're surprised when their children are sad, depressed, and suffering, and, and, you know, this country, America is the most medicated, overly medicated country in the world. Um, for all of the resources that we have, we are the saddest people, and this is something that Mother Teresa noted, this is something John Paul II, this is the poorest country in the world, even though paradoxically, in terms of money, it's the richest. So, What's the solution to that? What's the solution? And, and by the way, Deacon, you know, the another statistic has just come out that Americans today are more depressed. They haven't been this depressed since the Great Depression. Right. So why how can we expect our children not to be sad when we they're the adults, the parents are sad ourselves? So these small group communities are these places of rehabilitating uh, identity, rehabilitating and having those going deep into those questions of who am I? What am I made for? What is my mission in life? Who is God in front of me? What is, what is he asking of me? Um, how is he, how, why has he made me the way that he's made me? You know, why did he give me the, the desires, the talents, the, you know, the, the, you know, all, all the things that, that comprise the human person. That's the, that's the real, that's the real liberation is, is, is to ask those questions where there are actual true answers. So that's why endow and these small group communities are so, so powerful. So I'm getting a lot of moms and women who are, who are seeing what's happening to our young girls and they're desperate and they're like, can you please help us get this started because even if the girls in their spheres of influence are quote unquote okay they know a lot of people who aren't okay and oftentimes they're not they're not okay and so they desperately need this if if only this were maintenance that would, that would be great but it's much more it's much more a sense of mission and urgency for what's going on in this culture yeah, and we need we need that, right? We need more people doing that kind of stuff because feminism has really sold, you know, a bill of goods to people that, you know, you're talking about, you know, appreciate who you are, you know, your your innate dignity and feminism tells you you need to strive to be something who you're not, right? Instead of the complementarity of male and female, it's females, you have to do everything men do, you have to do it better, and you have to, and it just yeah. has blown up the families, and, and you know, we see the, the residual effect that, you know, we now live in a pagan world, right? This is not a Christian world that we live in, and so equipping them with who they are and their dignity, you know, it's funny, I went through the study, and my daughter entered the convent about a decade ago, and I remember oh. after, after her first year, I was like, so how was it? Was it what you expected? She said, no. She said the whole first year was trying to deprogram us as in terms of who the world says we are, as yeah. opposed to who God says we are. So, I mean, they spent a year and that was a decade ago. We, we, we tend to forget how bad things were because of how right. bad things are. But your study, when I, when I read that, reminded me of that conversation I had with her 10 years ago. 
Wow. That's, that's so shocking, but not shocking. Right. I mean, stunning. Um, and that, that was our author, Teresa Hodgins, um, you know, again, came from a great Catholic family, uh, graduate of Thomas Aquinas College, has advanced degrees in, in the theology, and and wrote this because even with all of that going in her favor, said, man, I really wish that I had these resources when I was a young girl so that I could go have these conversations because this, that, like you said, this is a pagan culture and we need to have that space to not just learn the great intellectual and spiritual heritage of the church, but also to encourage each other as girls, as women, to stay in the game and to keep fighting off these lies from, from the evil one, to be frank. So I, that's a great story of your daughter, and I'm, I'm so glad she made it. <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, well, I am too, because she has the perfect husband. And I said, you have the perfect husband. She goes, I know, that's what worries me, because if this relationship doesn't work, I know it's all on me. <laughs> that's right. That's absolutely right. You know, and we have to stay hopeful. We have to stay very, very hopeful, because honestly, if we didn't know that Christ is a victor, right, if we didn't have, if we didn't just know that he wins at the end of it, right, um, and if we didn't know that it, no matter how hard this culture tries, it cannot change human nature. It just can't. So all this woke stuff that's happening, it will self-destruct because it's so offensive to the way that God made us. So those are the things that keep me hopeful, Deacon, when uh, there are very discouraging days and it seems like, gosh, um, you know, how are we going to get out of this? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, the reminder... Yeah, I think the reminder to all of us, we're the church militant, right? We are to go into the battle and to bring Christ to the world. And, and whatever's going to happen is going to happen in it. You know, again, going through the study, you know, and you start off with chapter one, the dignity of the human person. So if you don't know who you are in your own innate dignity, nothing else isn't going to matter. But you're, right. arming, you're arming these young women and girls. So as they move into the battles, right, they're prepared because— to enter a battle and not be prepared, you're going to get slaughtered, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what, that's why we we are losing so many young people. Um, I think for every seven converts, we uh, you know for every convert we lose seven Catholics, and we certainly lost a lot in the last two years with with COVID, with quarantine, with all of that. But one of the but this is stunning. Most most uh, young people will you know, the average age of leaving the church, you might, you might be a, a warm body at mass, but in your mind, in your psyche by 13 and 14, 13 mm -hmm. and 14 deacon, you've checked yeah. out 50% of Catholics who leave, leave before the age of 23. That was my story. I left at 22, 23. Now, thank God I, I came back and I had a reversion. My reversion was an intellectual conversion. It was studying and going, oh, okay, well, if I am a Christian, then I need, then I, because I'm a Christian, I, I'm a Catholic. And this is looking at history, look at the intellectual life. But what kept me was not the intellectual life, even though that's what convinced me. What kept me was the community life, yeah. meeting happy, beautiful disciples, who not, were not only intellectually and morally formed, fiercely formed, but they were together. We had a life together. 
And this is, this is, these are the two elements of an endowed study, the intellectual and spiritual robust life in great lofty inheritance, but then the friendship that emerges from looking at these texts and the presence of the Holy Spirit that's generated when two or three are gathered in his name. That's what kept me in. And to have a, a true Christian experience, you have to have both those elements. So, I mean, you've got this program going. So how have you seen young women, girls grow from when they entered this, you know, this study until the end? You just mentioned the friendships is, is an important part of it, but just their confidence level. How, how have they become different people as they come out of the other end of this study? Oh, Deacon, I wish I pulled out some of our, uh, some emails I got in the last couple of weeks about this from a facilitator who did a, did an early summer group. And, and the things that the girls said were, I, I really see how the culture really does lie to us about who we are um, and wants us, this was so beautiful to read because this was actually from a middle school girl and how the, she said, how the, how they want us to hate ourselves how they want us to hate ourselves. And I mm -hmm. thought that was just such a great judgment that in going through the studies, she said, wow, like this is really for all, all the culture kind of spews out about like self-acceptance and creative expression and, you know, love me as I am and all this kind of stuff. It's it, 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 the, every action that's taken in the culture, gender transitioning and, and all, all that, that stuff is precisely the opposite of embracing who you are, you know? So yep. those are the kinds of things that are happening. And just that, you know, and some of the girls that are doing these groups are already in Catholic school, but, you know, and I used to be a high school theology teacher. So, you know, there is, and to do, to teach, to trans, well, to educate well, you have to, there has to be a distinction between indoctrination, even if you're indoctrinating the right stuff, right? And yeah. education, where you're taking more of that Socratic approach and leading them to come to the conclusions that you yourself as the teacher, as the witness have embraced. So the very powerful thing about endowed that I think sometimes can be hard for theology teachers like myself who, you know, in the past is that there is something more powerful when you put the good content, not attached to tests, not attached to grades, not attached to a GPA, but in the context of friendship. Here are these really big questions of the meaning of life, and we're doing it in a leisurely way. We're not doing it because there's a grade at the end. They're not doing it because you have to take this class to graduate. We're doing this because these are these questions and the answers to these questions have been thought about for centuries, and they're important for you as a young person at the beginning of your life to, to discuss in a space of freedom and friendship where you can really bring up anything that's on your mind, right? Um, and not have to censor yourself the way that sometimes it seems like you have to censor yourself in class because you have, you know, yeah. you, know uh, you know, just your classmates, your teachers, you know, that kind of thing. So there's a, there's a power here in the fact that it's not attached to a curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, know, you, mentioned, you mentioned that email from the middle schooler. I think if people just sat back and watched, right, you see the other side is angry, they're vile, they're unhappy. I mean, you just see it all over, right? Now there's this stuff, all these, all these single women are saying we're going on a sex strike. Well, yeah, you should have been on one all along. 
you know, I know. Don't, get, don't you just don't let me crack get, up when but, that happens? Yeah. Yeah, they don't even get the whole the whole beauty and love and and you know sex within marriage between a man and a woman. They don't get it, and they want to use you know their depravity as a weapon. And you're just you just shake your head, and and it really is. Um, you know, something to see. I think if people just sat back and watched, no one would want to follow that anger. You mentioned suicide, depression, you know, fentanyl deaths. I mean, there is not a good stat out there what's going on with our young people because of the culture. And you guys are forming them. You're, you're, you're changing lives and you're starting, you know, when they're younger, you're helping out moms. People really do need to understand that you know, there is joy, right? Love, peace, and joy are the first three fruits of the spirit. And if you don't have that, then you better start looking hard at yourself and say, where, what is my relationship with Christ? And really, it seems like everything you're doing, which is right, right? Focus on getting to heaven and you don't get to heaven without a relationship with Christ. Right. And you don't enjoy, you don't enjoy your time on earth, really. You know, life, yeah. life is hard enough with the Lord here. Uh, I yeah. can't imagine my life without Jesus. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's hard enough when you're a Christian, you know, so to yeah. not have, to not have him and to not have, and I was talking to a friend um, just a week ago who struggles with agnosticism. And he said, you know, Simone, I really struggle with feeling like God has a, like loves me personally as me, you know? And mm -hmm. I said, yeah, well, that, that is, that is what you must confront. That is what you must beg to see that he has a love for you. That is personal to you. That he called you into a relationship with him uniquely. And he says, and you know, it's very difficult to go through life feeling like an orphan, you know, and that is, that is the definition of our culture is this existential orphanhood. Um, and Pope Francis talks about this. I can't remember in what document. I think it's Gaudete Dexel Tate, where he talks about that if we're really going to accompany people in this culture, if we're really go going to accompany existential orphanhood to like the family of God, it, it can't be what he says, a sort of therapy, you know, where you're soothing. And it can't, you know, it has to be a pilgrimage with Christ to the Father. That is the only way to be friends with someone in a deep, true, long lasting, and like you said, heavenly and eternal way. So that's, yeah. that's where this, like, you know, yeah. I mean, the other thing I really liked about the uh, the study was we gave examples of people who have done this, right? Whether it's St. Mother Teresa. Yeah. And towards the end, there there's examples of what this looks like in living out of life, as opposed to, you know, a Pelosi, a Kamala Harris, a Michelle Obama. I mean, you could go on and on with all these people yeah. who are not models you give role models and and people can read about their lives to see what does living an authentic christian catholic female life look like yeah and that's the adventure of it because when you're deeply rooted in your identity or as edith stein says when you you know to to really be she, she doesn't use the word same but she says like to to go into whatever sphere the workplace home life and to really be an original presence you have to be deeply rooted in your depths to, to christ Right. Or you're going to end up doing what a lot of women do because of the feminist movement, which is just what John Paul II said not to do, which is just to imitate men. Right. <laughs> Instead of just be, being your own feminine self. Um, but the, the beauty of that, like, you know, these examples of the saints is to kind of form the young women to say, hey, yeah, you can have 
a really interesting, fascinating life where you really do something beautiful for the world, that can only really happen if you don't want to be bored at, at the very least. You know, that's holiness. That's what holiness is. You, you're an interesting person and God has made you for an interesting life and a beautiful life. And if you look at the saints, and I'm so glad you appreciated that about the studies, because I think it's the best part, actually, is where you go, wow, my spiritual daughterhood can become at some point spiritual motherhood, where I right. am proposing these beautiful, beautiful um, ways to live and spaces for other people to live with me and share this life with me. I think that's the beauty of the, the saints. But, you know, again, you, you bring out particular people that, that people can look up because they, they dealt with the same garbage that we're dealing with, right? They dealt with a sinful world. They dealt with, you know, right. pagans and different things. So it's not like, you know, they were living life fat, dumb and happy and never had an issue. They had a lot of stuff that they had to deal with. And, yeah. you know, we, Tend to, we tend to not remember they're real people. Right. No, it's true. It's true. And I was talking to um, a girl in her 20s who uh, came to Endow, still kind of embracing certain aspects of, of woke culture, but still had a Catholic identity. And, you know, she was um, just so moved by the church's teachings on women and theology of the body in the church. And I had her read letter to women and kind of mentored her through it. And, and she said, you know, John Paul II is thanking women for being women, but I want apologies. And I said, well, go ahead and read on, you know, and then he gets, there's that part in letter to women where John Paul II apologizes to women for the ways in which we as a culture have really let them down. And, and so now, now that she's totally all in, she's, she's kind of heartbroken with, the ways in which so many women are reacting to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And I said, look, their, their evil will always exist. These people who are closed off and want to perpetuate a culture of death, they will always exist. Your spiritual motherhood should be on the lookout for the ones who are in that culture that, that aren't satisfied and that are open to getting out. And that's why we do what we do. Not because we know we're going to conquer every soul, right? But because we care about those souls who, who at some point, God willing, are going to say, enough is enough. I can't live like this anymore. This is, this is all a lie. I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. I can't believe we're running out of time. But people can go on the website, right? They can find out how they can do this in their parish or their school. And just could you repeat the website one more time? To, for yes, yes. So Endow is spelled E-N-D-O-W. And so it's endowgroups.org. And yes, and it, it could be a parish, school, RCIA, um, you know, campus ministry, youth ministry, and, or your own home. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.